welcome to this edition of the Kids Ministry Collective Podcast, where we talk about topics and resources that help you lead more to reach more. So sit back, relax, and enjoy this edition of the Kids Ministry Collective Podcast. And welcome to another episode of the Kids Ministry Collective Podcast. My name is Tom Bump and I'm your host. Thanks for joining me, my friends. I am so glad that you're taking time to listen to this podcast. This is going to be part two of an ongoing conversation. We actually recorded one big long podcast and then just split it into two parts about building a healthy volunteer organization. My good friend David Renault. Uh, was wonderful about setting some time aside to do this. And we're going to be doing a series of podcasts on healthy leaders, healthy teams, healthy ministries. And I invited David into a conversation about volunteers. And so this is part two of that continued conversation. We're just diving into the whole idea of scarcity mindset and why you should have good relationships with your fellow staff members in building a healthy volunteer culture in your church. So take a listen, enjoy this rest of this conversation. And uh, again, thanks for listening to the Kid Ministry Collective podcast. I do think scarcity mindset is a big hindrance to a good, healthy culture in in the church when it comes Mm -hmm. to staffing. And you have to battle it in the the, the smaller your church, the more you're going to battle this. It just, it just is. It's, um, I, you know, I've been there. I understand it, um, that you're going to feel that tension of, gosh, you know, we only have so many people to choose from, and there's only so many people that can serve in children's ministry. Um, yeah. and cause not everybody can, we get it, No, but even if they have we... kids, they may not yes. be good with kids. <laughs> yeah. Right. Right. So that was some good, that was some seriously good wisdom there. Yeah. I would also say like, okay, let's say you're going to go volunteer. You're going to go try to find some volunteers. I ran into this Mm -hmm. when uh, we came back from COVID on Wednesday night and I had to staff the preschool area and I didn't have a lot of relationships with the preschool kids. The way the church was set up is that um, you could go to that church for years and never even come over to the children's wing and not even Mm -hmm. know it existed. So trying to build relationships with them and the preschool was in a completely separate place. So like if you didn't have elementary age kids, you didn't know who I was. You know, yeah, you did, that right. Was, that was, and so trying to build a relationship on a Wednesday night that's already lower attended uh, is difficult. So what I did is I, I found like, OK, these are four different pools that we can go to to recruit for this. The first group that you want to go to are the uh, the the people who are currently attending that event the that are current those that's your first place to go because they're already in the rhythm they're going from that yeah uh, the, the second the second group you want to go to are the people who are not attending that event not attending that service but are, are currently serving in that age group so you're not having to like retrain them and that you're just yeah. asking them to add on um the the third the third group you want to go to are uh people who like you can count on that serve in children's ministry, maybe not necessarily in that age group, but they serve in places and they have a heart for ministry and you can step in there. And then the fourth group, that's the all call. That's when you're like, we're yeah. desperate. We're putting it, you know, the pastor saying it from the pulpit, you're putting it in the bulletin that that's the type of thing. And a lot of times what we like to do is we like to jump to pull four because that's the easiest one. That's the sure. impersonal one. Yep. Yep. Uh, but we can't start there. You have to, um, and if you start these, the people in that fourth pool, it's the biggest pool, but it's also the least effective. You got to start yes. at the first one. It's like, okay, who are the people who are coming to this service that are most likely to serve, to make a sacrifice to serve here? Start there and then work your way down. 
That's good. That's good. So don't jump to pool four if you're starting right. Yeah. Start at one. Yeah. You got to do some of the hard things first sometimes. That's just the way it is. Um, mm-hmm. But if you want a good, healthy culture, you got to put the work in for it and you got to be consistent with it. I mean, I can't preach that enough that whatever you choose to do, however you cho- choose to build your structure, whether that's having them serve once a month, twice a month, three times a month, every week, um, only on fifth Sundays, um, yeah. you're going to do, you know, large group with small groups. You're going to do age groups. Uh, you're doing by grade. Um, you're going to merge grades. What, whatever your format is, whatever your structure is, um, when you're building that team, you've got to build it the right way. And and yeah. that's what we're, you know, obviously that's what we're talking about today with this, yeah. with this episode. Think, think, about, think about your structure as like the road system for your ministry. When yeah. they, when a city comes in and they lay in the roads, those roads are there for a very long time. Yep. And, and the, the buildings and houses and stuff on there might change out. That's your there volunteers. You they might change out on there, but your yep. road is going to stay. And then yeah. there's sometimes where the road breaks and we're going to have to fix the road. And there's even rarer times where like, okay, we're going to have to tear this road up and we got to go another direction. But like, there's a lot of like conversations <laughs> around that. There's you know, yeah. committee meetings and we're bringing everybody in, you know, that, that's a big change when you're doing that. So you want to find a structure that works for you. And that doesn't mean that like, you can't just like uh, cities didn't just build Manhattan wasn't <laughs> built in a day. You know, you can you can add on as you go yeah, along and you can make right. changes, but like you're just like, okay, generally this is the direction that we're gonna go in. Yeah. And and uh, and honestly, that's why understanding where you're going, how you're gonna get there, maybe phase one, then comes phase two, and then mm-hmm. having that 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 conversation at a staff level of here's how we're going to set up the recruiting process. This is our onboarding process. You Mm -hmm. can standardize some of that across the church, but these are the first basic steps, you know, and everybody's got to go through this process to start with. And then as you're discovering and interviewing, you can see where they're going to fit and start Mm -hmm. funneling them to the different departments or, or areas of ministry that you have. And so you've got to have that conversation at a staff level at some point. Every church has to have this. I don't care what size you are. If you haven't had that conversation, that's one you need to talk to your senior leaders about getting on the on the the calendar to sit down in the room and to talk about, okay, what access do we have to the pool of volunteers? What's our consistent strategy throughout the year that we're going to use uh, to continue to remind people about different needs that are available. Mm-hmm. How are we going to share those with each other? How are we going to share volunteers? Um, is there a good understanding of of doing that? But there's times where you probably don't have a good relationship with other leaders, right? Yeah. Um, so what do we do when maybe that's, you know, there's there's more silos with closed doors rather than open doors. Um, let's let's not let's let's bat this one around because I've been in a couple yeah, larger churches, medium sized churches where and, and not again, I've I've written a blog post about this, too. Maybe I'll have to dig that one out of the archives and, and put a link to it. But I talked about mm-hmm. not not all silos are bad. Um, yeah. There's a healthy way to do siloing um, because our ministries are naturally that way. Mm-hmm. But um, there's a way to do it with a wide open door. And mm-hmm. uh, but sometimes not all the doors are open and sometimes they're locked. 
<laughs> yeah. So, so what's, what's a leader to do? We've got, we might have some leaders listening and they're going, yeah, I'd love to get that staff level conversation, but they're not going like- to listen to me. They're not going to, you know. Yeah, that's, it's, it's, it's hard and you need to pray and you need to pray for that person and you need to pray for peace in that place, especially if there's animosity. But I was reminded of Maxwell's quote that says, people don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. And, uh, and so when I had that adversarial relationship uh, with one of my leaders, I had one of the other people on staff is that I had to actually like, I had to be a little annoying because they didn't (laughs) want to talk to me. Uh, but I had to, I intentionally and purposefully went and knocked on their door and just said, good morning and asked them how their day was and kept track of their prayer requests and things that they were dealing with and seeing how, how I could help them and, uh, work through, work through that stuff with them. Um, and, and like, it took months to, reopen those doors and to work through that because there, there were some were like, we're like, okay, healing needs to happen and forgiveness needs to happen. And we need to sit down and have those hard conversations. And sometimes you need to bring a mediator in, like your senior pastor mm. needs to sit in yeah. so the two of you can like have it out and, you know, be in a safe place and talk <laughs> about it. Um, and, but then there also has to be contrition on both sides that, you know, I like what Andy Stanley says when he talks about the, the fault is like, if you think about, uh, the problem as one giant circle. Okay. How big of the piece of the, of that pie is your fault? Yeah. And, and it, it could only be 1%, but you know, it is the problem that you're having is never a hundred percent their fault. It right. is it, you did something wrong. So you need to own that and ask for forgiveness for that and be that first person to step in. And then it'll be up to them about whether or not they're going to come back to you. And, yeah. and they're going to, they're going to reciprocate uh, with, with that. And so, and you just kind of have to leave it up to God and and let the Holy spirit do the work because mm. um, I, I think, think that verse is the vengeance is the Lord's. It's, <laughs> you gotta, you got to humble yourself and be like, Hey, I'm not going to get you. Uh, that. This is, this is between you and Jesus. And I'm just going to keep doing yeah. what I can to care for you and love for you as Jesus has called me to do this. That's good. You know, yeah, I, I think over my 30 some years of being in ministry, I've had a few times where, yeah, the relationship in the staff culture wasn't that great. And, and everybody did kind of close off their doors into their silos and it was, well, what's mine is mine and what's yours is going to be mine eventually. Mm -hmm. Um, kind of, and, and I, I think one of the things that I've learned, the Lord has shown me over the years and coaches have poured into me and, and, uh, and just experience has taught is the fact that you have to have, again, you don't have to be best friends with everybody on staff. Um, you know, it's not, you don't have to look for ride or dies in your, in your staff team, mm-hmm. but you do need to have a relationship where again, you're willing to serve one another and, mm-hmm that you value them as a, as a brother or sister in Christ so much that you're not going to let even recruiting step into that gap because Satan will fill that gap with suspicion and miss, you know, and, and cynicism and bitterness. And, and then you're going to slam and lock that and barricade the, the silo door. And then you're going to find out that when you do that, that nobody's going to step in and help you. They're not going to be all hands on deck when you need it. Um, and so one of the best things that I've done to build a relationship when it's been strained 
is just take them out to coffee or take them out to lunch, buy, buy the lunch and just talk. Mm-hmm. Don't even talk about ministry stuff for a while. I, yeah. I had to do this so-called wine and dine strategy for, for a, a few months with a, a leader to get to know them, to let them know that, you know, I did love and appreciate that what they did. And I understood that their mission was hard and just as hard as mine. And sometimes we get this poor, poor, pitiful me mentality in, in children's ministry that woe is me. Nobody knows me. I'm down in the basement, you know, yeah. and, and that bleeds in to, to staff relationships and it hinders, you know, if you're constantly, if you're constantly going to the youth guy for tech solutions, but when the youth guy comes and says, hey, can I get some of your volunteers to provide childcare for a meeting that I'm having for my team? If yeah. you're like hard no, yeah, then why would they want to send some of their students down to serve in children's ministry? Mm-hmm. You know, you have to be willing to serve them first, even if you don't get anything back immediately, even if they don't send volunteers down to you, you need to serve them because, mm-hmm. you know, scripture tells us, as much as it depends on us, live peaceably with everyone, right? Right, right. So as much as it depends on me, I have to build that relationship. I have to keep my door open, inviting that youth leader down to come visit the fourth and fifth grade so that they get to build a relationship with them. Um, you know, even having them on stage sometimes if they're willing um, yeah. so that the kids get to know them and you bridge that gap. Also, I think one of the best things I ever did was I had a great volunteer who was super at organizing, who I talked to them and said, hey, I know that the student ministry in the middle school ministry needs some help. Would you be willing to go over there and serve? It doesn't mean you can't come back, but mm-hmm. would you be willing to go take a season and go help them because mm-hmm. you've got the gifts and abilities Uh and this would be huge for them. And you probably will benefit from it too. As a disciple, you're going to grow. Uh, and it was amazing what that did for this person that said mm-hmm. yes to stepping into it. The youth leader was stunned that yeah. I would send one of my best over there um, to help him. And it was, a you know what? He started recruiting for me. Yeah, it was crazy. He sent people my way. Um, Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, I think I think one of those things, if you're sitting there listening and you're struggling with the relationships of other staff, um, because you're and maybe you know what? It could even be the senior pastor that comes in and pulls some of your people sometimes and it drive will drive you bonkers. Yeah. Don't let that become a root of bitterness in your life. Yeah. Um, they're the senior leader. They can do what they need to do, um, mm-hmm. you know, and you may not understand why, but you just got to be flexible with joy and keep rolling. <laughs> yeah. I think it's a, there's a kingdom principle there of the, when they talk about the church planting world, they they say that the churches that go plant churches that like send people out of their churches, that is like a lot of times they have that scarcity mindset. It was like, if I send 30, 50, hundred of my people away, then like my attendance is going down. And those churches yeah. usually bounce back twice as fast like within the year they have that many or more back and so like if you do like what you did which is a huge thing of of like hey i'm gonna give this person to you to help you then like you got that return back on them oh i did i totally did jesus longest prayer for us in john 17 was about unity he wants Mm. us to be unified 
And so we have to work together to be unified. And if you are constantly fighting with someone else on your staff and every church you go to, you're fighting with someone and it's like, maybe they're not the problem. Maybe you need to go. My, my, I know people can't see me doing the video unless they're watching this on YouTube now. Because, by the way, we are starting a YouTube channel for Kid Ministry Collective, and the podcast episodes will be there. Yes. Yeah. And I've twice now, while you were talking, did the mic drop motion, (laughs) dude. Um, Yeah. Boom, boom, boom. Go back and replay that if you missed it. You just got to grab that gold from from David. Um, Dude, that was solid. (laughs) (laughs) Can't do, can't take the credit. The my master's commission director said, "Wherever you go, you were there." And I'm like, "Wait, what?" I'm like, "Oh, <laughs> that's Ooh. that's what it is." That's that's deep. That's so deep. that was that that was me starting out. So like, what what do you say if a leader is starting out? What should they make when they're starting to think about building a team and making a priority? What what is what are some of the things they need to keep in mind? Yeah, I think this is good to circle back as we get ready to wrap up this episode is to be thinking about, okay, so what are the priorities? Well, one, you have to know the end in mind. Mm -hmm. So volunteering and to me, volunteering strategies and cultures are all part of discipleship. What's your plan for discipling children? What's your plan for discipling leaders? If you're not clear on that and why that's important, um, I don't, you can sign up for the most expensive volunteer course out there and throw away. You might as well just send me the money. Just go ahead. Um, Tom bump 45, 15 mil. No, uh, <laughs> uh, wait, what was just that again? send me the money. <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, I'll take all the donations instead of wasting your money, send it to me. I'll tell you, I'll, I'll repeat this for you. Um, <laughs> but seriously, you got to know where you're going and why you're going there. And so what is your discipleship strategy for for building into volunteers and building into your children's ministry? Because you got to know those two things. Um, second thing, I think it's a priority is you got to know your numbers. You've got to know how many you currently average. Uh, you've got to consider then what if we double, what would we need? Mm-hmm. Um, so again, just start now what you'd be forced to do later. So if God doubled your ministry next Sunday, how many lot leaders would you need to sufficiently care for, know, support, and disciple children? Mm-hmm. Um, and you need to have those numbers written down. Mm-hmm. You need to have a list of people who are going to be the leaders of the leaders. Because like Moses, his arms got tired being raised all the time, right? And right. even his own father-in-law sat and watched him all after a day of, of Moses serving the people and went, what you're doing? It's good, but it's not good. Mm-hmm. Um, and basically, his father-in-law gave him a burnout, an, a prevent burnout prevention strategy. Stop doing ministry alone. Mm-hmm. So you have to make it a priority that no matter what, you are going to find your one or two that can serve with you, and that will be your teammates, that will hold up your arms, that will lead your leaders. Um, and find somebody that will be a preschool champion, find somebody that's going to be an elementary champion and mm-hmm. let them turn them loose, pull the cord, start the engine, give them the resources and let them go. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I'm going to stop there cause I don't want to, I don't want to fire hose somebody, but <laughs> to me, 
that's where I would start because those are the critical things. Then you can figure out the onboarding and all that. So yeah, I'm curious, you're a seasoned vet in ministry. Yeah. How would you start if you were starting over again from scratch, yeah. okay. brand new young David, mm-hmm. um, green out, just I'm greener than green. I, I'm, yeah. but pastors said, David, I want you to, to, to lead our children's ministry. What would you prioritize when it comes to starting a volunteer culture? Yeah, the, the, the harder, <laughs> when I, when Does I think about, break out into hives. <laughs> yeah. When I think about when I started out early, when it, like when I first started, um, I was the David Renault show. I, I would, I did everything, you know, there was, I had a person in the back that did check-in, um, <laughs> And I, I didn't even have a sound person. Like I had a remote that changed my PowerPoint. I just kind of set the volume where it needed to be. And that was it. And, <laughs> and the, and the yeah. check-in person was just to, so I wouldn't have to run to the back to like, Hey, why is this parent here? <laughs> Everything else was all about me. Uh, and so I think when you first start off, you have to realize that like, when we first get into children's ministry, we get into children's ministry because it's about the children. We right. were, And it is, it is. I'm not right. saying it's not. It is very much about the children. But one thing that I had to learn very early on is that it's not just about the children, that there's there's mm. three groups of people that you lead. You lead the children, yep. you lead the parents of yep. the children, yep. and you lead the volunteers. Uh, yes. And if you listen to Jim, there's a fourth one, you'd lead the staff, but we're going to, we've talked about that. So the, <laughs> it was like, okay, I I could see that, but the, you know, that's the three I like to talk to. And I've told other children's pastors, you're just like, look, yeah. you've, you lead the kids, which is why you got into the thing. You lead the parents, because if you don't lead the parents, you're not going to make the, what you're doing on Sunday is not going to make that big of an impact. You got to get the parents involved and that's a whole nother podcast. And then, <laughs> and then yeah, we'll get to then, that one. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and then the volunteers, you have to get those volunteers on board and, and, and bought in and show them what to do. So if I was just starting off from scratch, I would go. Uh, you know, I would try to build relationships with people uh, in the church. I would build relationships with the current volunteers because uh, unless you're just a fresh church plant, there are most likely existing volunteers who are already there uh, and they know what's going on and how things are happening and all that. So go ahead and build relationships with those people because those are the people that are going to get you through the gap. Hopefully they can stay with you and they'll stick with you. But there's a chance that because you're a different leader, they're going to dip out, but they're the ones bridging you until you can fill the gaps. Mm. Um, And then you got to go build relationships with people. And it's not about building the ministry. It's about getting to know the people. You're Mm. a pastor and a pastor is a shepherd of the flock. And whether or not you have the gift of pastoring, you still have to pastor. And yes. so you've got to get to know these people. You got to know what's going on with their lives, their kids' names, what they do for a living. They're, you know, you got to get to know what's going on with them so that when you need help, it's not just a cold call. But yes. as, so like, uh, if you've ever worked in sales, making that cold call is the worst <laughs> because that's why they yeah. automate it with your your car's extended warranty because that's a cold call. And they, the robot. Nobody wants to make that call. Nobody wants to make that call anymore. They they signed it off to AI. So yeah, you know, that's yeah. like you don't want to do that. So you want your warm leads. And so when you go to the when we talk about those volunteer pools that we talked about, yeah. when you have to go to pool four, you can you already know some people in that fourth pool, in the gen- general yes. population, you know, those people is like, okay, I think I can talk to this person. I think I can talk to these people and bring those people in and have those relationships. 
Um, Ooh, and that these are people that we're going to work with. Yeah. All right. Well, we're, we're probably longer than we intended to go on this, but I don't care. It's been a good conversation. So it one last question that I want both of us to tackle is what's one of the best things that you've learned about building a healthy volunteer culture, a healthy volunteer organization. What's, what's your one, if somebody came and said, Dave, give me a hot take. What's your one thing about building healthy volunteer cultures? Uh, you gotta, you gotta get it. You gotta give it away. You gotta let go of your ego. Like I, I said just a minute ago, like it was the David Renault show. And what happened was, is uh, my senior pastor was, we were about to go multi-site and I was so excited because I was going to be the kids pastor of two campuses and like stepping into this. And I was, I was casting vision and talking to my senior pastor about this. And he stopped me. I, I remember the spot, like I can visualize the spot. And he stopped me and he said, David, you do not have the leadership ability to lead two campuses. And so what it's going to look like is you're going to be the campus pastor here and we're going to have another campus pastor over there. And there's going to be someone who's going to be over you. And he said, if you want to be in that place, you're going to have to give it away. And that set me on a journey of giving it away of, and, and I, so I gave away a lot of things. One of the last things I gave away was telling the story on Sunday morning because I love to teach and I love to tell the story on Sunday morning, but ultimately I had to give that away. And it wasn't until I was willing to give everything away that my ministry, I was able to lead at the next level where I went from a church of 400 to a church of 1500 because I was willing to, and that was the church that I transferred to a different church. I did, but it was, that was that leadership level of, of humbling myself, letting go of my ego and let other people do the job. And so now my philosophy is it's not my job to do the work of the ministry. My job is to train the laity, train the volunteers to do the work of the ministry because they're going to be there after I'm gone. Mm. So I got to do everything I can to set them up for success. That is so good. I think my one thing, if I had to boil, and it was, this is hard when I was looking, was thinking about this question. I'm like, Ooh, okay. Which, which there's several things I'd love to say, but I'm going to keep it to one thing. And, and that's this, that, you have to uh, celebrate. You have mm-hmm. to celebrate even the little things in volunteer culture. Because, you know, when somebody gets the mission of early is on, or the vision of early is on time and on time is late, you celebrate the fact that they showed up five minutes early when they've mm-hmm. been late every week. <laughs> when they celebrate, when when they show up early, you celebrate it. Mm-hmm. Um, when somebody takes the initiative to go clean up something without you asking them to do, you celebrate those things. I have found that one of the, I mean, and this is so simple, but it's so overlooked. Um, and it took me years to catch on to this when I started celebrating the little things. So it, it just, it changed so much about the way my volunteers felt about the ministry. Um, because they knew I was watching the little things too. Mm-hmm. Um, they caught on to that, that that was something I valued was the little stuff because that little stuff adds up over time, you know, compounding mm-hmm. interest all the way. So when I started celebrating the fact that, Hey, you know, I'm so thankful for John and Jill and Jane, you all showed up early last week and, and we're ready to go. 
thank you for that. I so appreciate that. What a rock mm-hmm. star you are. Um, appreciate it. You know, thanks for living out the early is on time. On time is late value. Mm-hmm. When I celebrated that in our little huddles, other people started catching on to that because they wanted, you know, you know, hey, I, I walked by Joanne's room last week and Joanne, I just got to celebrate the fact of how I saw you kneeling with a couple of kids who were really upset and you were asking them some questions about their week and what was causing them to be so upset. Instead of getting up frustrated at, because they were acting out, you took time to get down on their level eye to eye. And then I saw you put your hand on their shoulder and pray with them. Thank mm-hmm. you for caring about our kids so much that you did that kind of thing. Thank you for helping children feel known because that's one of our mm-hmm. values. Mm-hmm. You know, it's amazing how just celebrating the little stuff. Um, so here's my last little bonus tip. Take carry with you these. I, I bought these cheap little notepads. Unfortunately, I don't even have one to hold up for the video. Um, <laughs> but I carry these little notepads with a pen stuck in my back, stuck in my back pocket. And when I see stuff like that, I write that down. I don't put it on my phone because I don't want people to see me on my phone. Mm-hmm. Um, so I want them to see me writing it down. Um, and then they're either going to get a text message or or an actual card from me that week celebrating it. And then I'm going to celebrate it in the huddle again, mm-hmm. um, you know, because I've got my list. And so I've got ways to celebrate. And let me tell you, when you celebrate those things, it is a culture changer. Yeah. Um, when you, when you do those kind of things, instead of saying, man, y'all are late this week, you know, I sure could have <laughs> used the help, you know, Hey, thanks for leaving the cleanup duty to me. <laughs> yeah. Thanks. Mm-hmm. Um, Hey, thanks for, you know, for getting that diaper pail again. I love yeah. it. Yeah. Uh, sarcasm only gets you so far. Yeah. Yeah. I actually celebrated the nursery team taking out the dirty diaper, uh, insert and, yeah. and throwing it in the dumpster. I didn't have to do it. Um, the custodian even noticed it and said something mm-hmm. to me. Mm-hmm. Um, I celebrated it in the huddle. Um, and, and, uh, you know, I did it in a fun way. I actually took some candy bars and put it in a, a clean paper <laughs> and, and handed them the, this. And I said, I just want to let That's you know, funny. I love clean rooms as much mm-hmm. as a baby loves clean diapers. Mm-hmm. And I, I had some little, gifts in and they thought it was hysterical it yeah. set off this great message it was talked about it got around the church even that pastor tom was th- handing out clean diapers with candy and and coffee cards in them um yeah it was weird but it worked it celebrated it anyway yeah on that weird that's note. great that's great <laughs> i would i i know i didn't do that but i would i always what I did at my church, my second church is I, I, every Friday I sent an email, I called it the Friday win. And I would go around and do like what you did, write down the ideas of, of like, try to see something good. And it's something that lined up with our values. And then every Friday I sent out an email, it was 500 words of like, of telling the story of, Hey, this is this. I saw this person do this. I saw this kid do this. This is, this is the win. And this is, this is how it lines up with our values. And that was just another celebration of bringing that cohesiveness with the volunteers that we are all together and we're all doing this together in this together. Awesome. All right. Well, Hey, I hope you had some good takeaways from this episode and listen, y'all we're David and I are going to get together. We're going to be recording a several series from our healthy teams, healthy leaders, healthy ministry series. Um, You're not going to want to miss these. So make sure you subscribe 
Um, but hey, if you had a, a, a takeaway from this episode, share it in the Kid Ministry Collective Facebook group where you see this post about the, the podcast. Um, do that. Um, if you want to find our podcast, you can find it on any listening app um, or you can just go to kidsministrycollective.com, hit the podcast page, and uh, we've got them all there, even the back episodes. All the show notes are there, so you can find all the links that we've mentioned, including Dave, links to David's blog. I would inc- highly recommend you subscribe to that so you don't miss any of his uh, posts because he's regular on it. Um, you can find him in the KMC Facebook group too. So that's another reason to join our Facebook group because uh, yeah. he posts them there every Friday. Um, he's regular like rain um, <laughs> or whatever it's they a say. Discipline. It's a discipline. <laughs> it is. It's, you're better at it than I am. I, I don't blog enough like I used to, but it's coming back. Yeah. It's coming back. You're getting there, Tom. You're getting We're there. getting you there. One, one thing at a time. So yeah. All right. My friend, thanks for joining me on this episode. I appreciate it. It's been you. a pleasure. Yeah. All right. That's going to wrap up this episode of the Kids Ministry Collective Podcast. Again, my name is Tom Bump. If I can serve you in any way, uh, again, message me. Um, reach out on Facebook. Uh, go to our, our our website. You can hit up a, cl- a clarity call. Uh, if you need some coaching, if you need some help on this, uh, feel free to reach out to David or to me. Um, we would be glad to assist you. So God bless you. Thanks for listening and stay tuned for another episode real soon. Thanks for listening to this edition of the Kids Ministry Collective Podcast. We hope that it's helped and encouraged you. If you would support our podcast by continuing to share it with other leaders. And if you haven't already, hey, please subscribe. And leave us a review wherever you listen to this podcast. We look forward to hearing from you how this podcast has helped and sharpened your skills and ministries. So let us know on your Facebook page or head over to kmccoach.net and share with us there. And thanks again for listening to the Kid Ministry Collective Podcast.